One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with Friends, and I have a super, super special friend. She's an older friend from 13 years ago, Jillian Turecki. Jillian is a yoga teacher and a life coach and just an amazing stellar human being. I hope you enjoy hearing all about her in this podcast with me today. Welcome Jillian, so glad to have you on here today. Oh, I'm so psyched to be here, thank you. We were just catching up a little bit ahead of time, but I wanna tell all the listeners how I know you and I have such a, a fondness for you, uh, really. I was taking the um, Institute for Integrative Nutrition course it was 12, maybe 13 years ago. I'm, I'm thinking it was 2009, 2008, something it's like 12 years ago. And I was coming into New York once a month for 10 or, 10 or 11 months. And I was staying with my friends who live in Tribeca and they have taken my yoga and I was, um, you know, wanting to do something while I was there. And they're like, wait, you're going to come with us to our favorite teacher's class. And it worked out perfectly. And I remember the first time I went into your class, I was like, I just fell in love. And that's like, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit critical. I have a high bar, mainly because I didn't like yoga fluff. I didn't like people who didn't address body mechanics. And so I had, I was, I just came in with a lot of, um, you know, expectations for people. And so often they wouldn't match them. And so I just was like fine with my own practice. But then I came to your class and I loved you because you were smart you were so freaking funny. You you like had an f bomb in there. I remember. Not that that's a criteria, but I it shows your uh, you know that lack that authentic nature, and I just and it became like my routine. Like once a month, I'd come to your class, and you remembered me, and you were just oh my god, the feeling is so mutual. I would like be so psyched to have you in class and to see you. I'd be like yes. Now I can do some, teach some fun stuff because she's here. <laughs> yeah. And I love that because I had a couple of other experiences that I had in New York, especially at that time. I think things probably have eased down even pre-COVID. But if you came and you like gave off any 
energy that you were an experienced yoga teacher, the teacher of the class would either almost kind of shame you a little bit or just, you know, just kind of like, no, we're not going to do that. Or, um, or just like micromanage you, (laughs) you know, it'd be like, you know, and I always go to the back. I just was like, I just want to take a class. And that's what I loved about you. You were just like, Hey, here's somebody. And I want, I want to make sure that I'm meeting like her needs as much as a person who's like struggling to even bend over, you know, and you did that so gracefully and, and saw everybody in the room. And I just think that speaks to you so much. So I want to start with that intro. That was, I miss teaching that class. You know, that was, that goes down in history is my favorite class that I've ever taught. I could, it was such great energy and you could tell like, this was like a date night for people. This is Saturday night, 6 PM in New York. People were diehards. Diehards. They loved it. And every, it was joyful. And that was the other thing is like, I try and bring that into my class. And I've, I've always been one to think like yoga should be joyful. It shouldn't be serious. And that's what I, I, you're really, I'm not kidding. I've taken many classes and yours was the top of the list. It was just so much fun, so much energy. I left just feeling cleansed and happy. Yeah. Makes me happy to hear that. Oh God, I miss that. I miss, yeah. I miss those days. Honestly. I know. I know. I know. Those were fun days. And I, I, I don't know when we're going to get back to that kind of place, but let's talk about where you have been. Cause then I missed seeing you and I would ask my friends about you and everything, but here we are 12 years later. You're not, are you teaching yoga? I mean, lots of habit. Now you're a life coach. I was looking at your website. I just want to like tell people, of course, they're going to, we're going to give all the info, but I just wanted to read some of the things that you, you know, you do. You have a conscious woman membership where your approach is rooted in physiology, psychology, and the neuroscience of emotions. Okay. Then you go on to this be a a no BS practical guide to show you how to manifest and keep the relationship you want. All right. How did you get from yoga teacher to this? <laughs> Take us along your path. Okay. So, you know, I, it's funny because when we met, which I think was, was 2008. Um, so I have been teaching yoga. I think now it's been about 17 years, 18 years. And, you know, I, I loved it. And especially when we met and I was teaching that class, I loved it. And I would say, um, like a couple years after that, I was starting to feel like it, it was never like, I don't want to teach anymore. It was just like, okay, so now what, where, where am I going to take this? Like, what's the direction? Like I was just craving going deeper, but I had no idea what that looked like. Right. So that was just sort of, and I think that that's sort of just the natural progression of how we grow and whatnot. And, and in that time period, in 2012, I got married. And before we got married, it was a really solid relationship. But while we were married, it was really, really difficult. We just, it was a really, really hard time for a lot of different reasons, actually writing a book about it. But, uh, you know, and it was very, very hard. You know, I, I had experienced a couple of miscarriages within that uh, marriage. And, you know, we were going down the path of like, okay, I guess I'm going to be like a yogi mom. And like, that's kind of the blueprint that I had for my life, which is that I would be married, I would have a kid and I would teach yoga, but something was just sort of gnawing at me. And anyway, the, the marriage ended and it ended, you know, we're, everything is like 
cool now. And the divorce was actually low drama, but leading up to it was a lot of drama. And um, when it ended, it was around the exact same time that my mom was terminally ill with lung cancer and she was dying. And uh, so I had to deal with like the loss of my husband, divorce and miscarriage and the death of my mom um, all at one time. And also I had to move. So, you know, I, I basically was faced with the most stressful and intense things a human being can face, but all at once. And so, um, 2014, I sort of entered the dark night of my soul and, uh, my world completely fell apart and, uh, you know, I hit rock bottom and my friend who was uh, sort of my neighbor who I was friendly with, who also happened to be a life coach. Uh, she found me the day after I split from my husband and we just had a really nice long conversation. I, she was just a gift to me that, that day. And she said, you know, why don't you listen to, cause she was a big um, follower of Tony Robbins. And she says, why don't you listen to Tony Robbins? And I was so not in that world at all. And I was like, the infomercial guy? You know, because I grew up with him, you know, on infomercials. She's like, no, no, no. Yeah, but he does all this and blah, blah, blah. And um, I'm sort of a skeptic, uh, sort of just by nature. But she sent me some videos. Like now you can find a lot of this stuff on YouTube, but back then it was much more scarce. And actually the videos that he sent me were definitely not on YouTube. And she sent me some stuff of his where he's actually, um, it was filmed at a, at a live event where he's working with people one-on-one. He's not just like giving a speech or anything like that. And uh, I was home that night and, you know, in deep, deep, deep despair. And I was like, well, what the hell? Like, I was like, I couldn't, it was a kind of despair where like, you can't even focus on anything. You can't read anything. You can't even watch a movie. Like you can't even, you can't focus, you know? So um, I decided to put it on. I was like, what the hell? Let me just start this. And um, I was riveted. And I was riveted because I watched this, this, video, this film, which was about, um, I watched three of them and each one was about an hour long. And I felt like I had just in those videos gotten so much more insight into my marriage and what happened insight into myself. And then it just sparked this incredible intellectual curiosity. And that marked the beginning of my new path. And I, start, I hired this woman as my coach. Her name is Anna Goldstein. And she was like, you know, you'd be a great life coach. And it was just like, so not, you know, what I, it was just like, you know, I was not in a position at that moment to even consider what I would do. But I decided, you know, so I listened to Tony every day and I kind of followed his sort of technique and it was helping me. And at the same time, it was sort of like how I found yoga. I found yoga. I loved it so much. And I felt this, I was compelled to teach it, to share it. And the same thing happened with this. And I went to a few events and really where my focus is, you know, I've always sort of been obsessed with the question of, you know, what makes a relationship work and what makes it not work. And I was in shock and 
horribly dismayed by the fact that um, I was 40 years old and getting a divorce and like, what, like, I couldn't understand, like, sure, I've got my daddy issues and I've got my issues, but I'm actually like a pretty stable person. You know, like I don't, um, I definitely have, you know, some daddy stuff and mom stuff, whatever, some traumas or whatever, but nothing, nothing crazy. And I could not understand. And, and I'm a very loving person. I could not understand why the hell I was still single. Like, what was it? Why do I choose the wrong people? Or, you know, how am I showing up? That's not correct. And I was on a mission to figure it out. And it was through that figuring out and through the processing of my marriage and my divorce that I decided to become a coach. And although I really believe I could coach anyone on anything um, except for really severe trauma, that's not, I would recommend someone to a therapist for that, but pretty much like anything. Um, But I really took it the relationship route because that's what I'm obsessed with. And, you know, I do believe that the body and the mind are one and what people do with their physiology does determine how, how they feel psychologically and how, exactly. And how open you are versus closed you are in a relationship. Like the, the pathway is to really just figure out the breath and all that. So I just kind of merged the two and, um, yeah. And, and, and here I am today. And it's just, I just, I'm very lucky to have had two major callings in my life. I don't know. I mean, I've had a lot of sad things happen recently, you know, in 2014 being the saddest, but somehow I have had two callings and followed it. And here I am. Well, I think it, first of all, I'm so sorry about your mom. I'm sorry about your divorce, but it, you know, losing. A you parent. don't have to be sorry about my divorce, but yeah, I mean, yeah. But losing a parent is a next level. I I lost my dad, and it's, it is just it change it changes things, you know, and it's so gut wrenching. And so I'm sorry about that. And I'm but but it's interesting because I would say like that having that experience that level of grief, which is indescribable until you enter it and live through it and pull yourself out of it. There is and empathy that you have that um, I didn't, I didn't have to that. I don't think you can, unless you've been through it. So your own experience actually really had positioned you to be there, uh, lead, uh, be a leader for others. You know, it's almost like I hauled myself out of this and then I did the things I needed to do to figure out how to heal myself from pain because the grief will always remain, but how do you, you know, live within that place? But also that, you know, all the, all the things that must come up with divorce. When you talk about your dark moments, like what was it, did you feel like a failure or was it just, you were just felt like it happened to you? Um, yeah, well, certainly when you are in those darkest moments, and I think this everyone can relate to this. We definitely feel like a victim to our circumstances. I think there's just, you know, that's just part, there's no way to not. Yes. I felt like a failure. I felt like I was being like punished by the universe. I felt like God or whatever, you know, higher power, like hated me. I was confused. Um, I was angry. Yeah. I definitely felt like, you know, 
life was happening to me, you know, rather than for me. But what got me through that was there were so many miracles that happened, you know, along the way. And, you know, no matter who your teacher is, or if you like Tony Robbins or hate Tony Robbins, you like someone else, that was being introduced to him was the miracle for me. And like my friend finding me that one evening and talking to me then and the the level of support that I got from certain people and certain family members, you know, I, I've had a lot of help. You know, I did not do this alone. I've had a lot of help. I was, I got a lot of help and had the financial privilege to be able to invest a lot, you know, and, and help with that, you know, people who believed in me and wanted me to pursue that. And it's just, I just was awake to a lot of the miracles that were happening all the time. And, um, that's what really helped me through. That's what actually, you know, helped me get out of the victim mode. And then the other part of it was really learning how to see my role in all of it in the marriage in particular, you know? Right. I think that's where, from what I've seen, I've seen his film and I've seen some of his stuff. And I, what I really appreciate is he, he asked the hard questions, which is like, if you can only control yourself, like what is it that you're doing or did that, that invoked it? It didn't, it didn't, it's not like you deserve anything, but you can change your participation in the way you are in a relationship. And And that's the hardest thing because a lot of things we do are habitual. We've been taught it. We've been modeled it. We, we even like, it's almost like we've digested it and metabolized it. And it's like, you've got to like go in there and pick apart the, from a cellular level. And that, that takes guts literally and time and willingness and, and then just faith that it will actually work for you if you do that hard work. So what, yeah, what is your, um, what was the first step that you took when you realized like, this is what I want to do now? This is a path I want to go on. Like, how did you first establish, like, I'm going to make a business out of this? Yeah. I mean, so I just became obsessed with it and I got um, certified as a coach, like through his school. Like I had a mentor who's um, Tony's business partner, um, this woman by the name of Chloe Madonis, who's an absolute complete genius. Okay. Can we pause for a second? So what is that like being in a live thing? Is it like out, is it otherworldly? Oh, so the certification was like not was not the live thing, but being at his live events is yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, you go in the beginning, like you just I had a lot of resistance. I want to leave. I don't want to go. I was overwhelmed. I'm not. I'm not. I don't consider myself an introvert. I don't consider myself an extrovert either. I kind of like, kind of like middle of the road. Maybe have more introverted qualities, but um. And then once you surrender and let go, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible. It's incredible. And, you know, I think that something that I do that a lot of people do, both women and men, um, especially in our culture is, uh, suppress a lot of emotion. And, uh, you know, these events were a way to kind of just let go and let everything out and to celebrate also as well. So I, yeah, yeah. So the events are incredible. So I went to a bunch of events and I enrolled in a two-year certification program with them. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I um, hired my own coach who I still have to this day. And I, you know, I'm, when I'm really into a topic, I, you know, I just become obsessed with it. I mean, I'm going to like, and I love to learn. And I had decided that, you know, if I'm going to do this, I am going to be the best that I possibly can be at this, which means that I am just going to constantly be learning as much as I can. And I still do that to this day. I mean, you know, I, there's, you know, I have to force myself to take a day off where I'm not thinking about relationships. I hear you. <laughs> In terms yeah. of like, I think that's when you, I say you have to be, I think to be successful, you have to be borderline, if not more than borderline obsessed in a passionate way with what you do so that it is hard almost to distinguish between your non-professional life. I say that in quotes and your, and your life, because so much of one feeds the other. I'm fed so much by my professional life and learning and you're the same way. And some people would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I still, I practice, you know, I, my yoga practice is the longest relationship I ever have. It's, it deepens all the time. Um, you know, I don't, I really consider myself to be a teacher rather than a coach. And I think that, you know, teaching for so many years prior to that, I love teaching about the body, but I like integrating it into this. Um, you know, I basically stopped teaching just since COVID. I did a little bit of the online stuff, but I, uh, that's really tough for me. I need to be with the people. So now you have your own coaching slash teaching clients. Yes. So I work with people privately and then I have my membership because I really wanted to... I just developed over six years so much content. I wrote so much, worked with some people even online well before COVID. And I just put all my energy into this membership because not everyone can afford a coach or a therapist. And I wanted to do something where people, if they were, um, if they could discipline themselves to really learn online, that they would have a resource. So I did that. And then I have my private clients and I'm writing a book and yeah, it's just kind of see where it all goes. Yeah. Amazing. Can you talk a little bit about your membership? Like, because I'm, I'm a big fan. I think like I'm always wanting to learn more about the body and, and all that. But I'm also wanting to learn more about, because like you said, they're not separate. So I think the clearer we move and, and feel and all of it, it, um, it summons us to also get clearer in our relationships, in our behavior, in our actions, our reactions, our responsiveness. So I think that uh, this would be amazing for probably any, anyone can, if you, if you have any relationship, whether it's with yourself or with a spouse or with a parent, it sounds like you're offering all these things. So can you talk us through what, what a membership would look like? Sure. So, um, well, first of all, I mean, I, you know, I do work with a lot of men. I work with, I work with individuals, I work with couples and I do have, I mean, I would say about 40% of my clientele are, um, are men actually. Uh, but I really, wanted to, uh, I think a lot of women today are struggling in their relationships and, or finding a relationship. And I really wanted to help women develop 
a much better relationship with themselves. I think self-esteem is a big issue with women more so than it is with men, even though you know men share a lot of the same issues. And I think that women have a hard time being accountable. And I really wanted to um, just only because, not because they don't want to, but they just don't really see it. And, uh, you know, I, I really wanted to create this membership called the Conscious Woman Membership because I wanted, I wanted it to be a place where women can become more conscious, more aware of themselves, more aware of their emotional world, more aware of how they, you know, their dysfunction that they bring to a relationship, which we all do, the stuff with their parents. And, you know, in a way, I kind of wish I was like, oh, I wish I just made the membership for both men and women. But at the time, I, I really wanted to address women who were just struggling. And, um, and, and there's a lot of um, women out there, and I'll, I'll just speak very heteronormatively for just a moment. I, I, you know, I speak to a lot of women who are looking for like that great conscious man. You know, this is this is something that I see a lot of um, heterosexual women struggle with. Like they're looking for that great man, and rarely do they address, you know, who do I have to become in order to actually meet that man? And uh, and 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 then I work with a lot of gay women as well who are just like, you know, you know, there's plenty of problems there too, and so. I want to meet this great woman. Well, who are you going to become? You know, and that's what I, I created the membership for. And it's just it's a it's all my online workshops that I've ever done, audio trainings, lots of journaling stuff, lot of lot of um, video workshop. But you know, if people look closely, the questions and the things that I steer people on, you know, you just don't see it anywhere else. And this is just it's like go deep, yeah. And that's and that's really that's what I created it for. That's amazing. It feels so amazing to create something. In a way, it's like almost creating what you wish that you had had, you know what I mean? But that you are developing and you have become that through your own learning. And now you're really making this very generous offer to others so that they can. Because I do think that everybody benefits. I mean, I had a couple on the, um, a couple weeks ago in a podcast who are both psychologists. And I loved what he said is like, we're all just kind of big kids, like, <laughs> you know, ramming around. Like we're just, we're just a kind of a larger version of our kids self. And with that, some of those things um, that we've experienced and everybody's experienced something, you know, we're influenced by so many things growing up, not just our parents, but um, our peers. And, you know, unless you have a really, really solid core, which some people do, uh, you know, solid familial base, solid peer group, solid conditioning and all of that, um, you're going to have had some wavering. Absolutely. And like you said, it's like, I love the question of who you have to become to be in a couple. I think that's amazing because I look at my own relationship and, you know, that was something that I never experienced. I think some of it, again, I had a great upbringing. I'm one of four. I have three brothers. I was adored by everybody, you know? So like I was confident because I was given confidence and that just, so I never had like where I gave over myself to like what a guy would want. I was kind of more like, I was used to dealing with guys and I recognized there is, a. I had a head start. If you grew up with brothers and they're nice to you and, and all that, I just feel, I see women who have brothers and they are different with men. Yes. 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 
Especially brothers that don't abuse you, you know? Like, exactly. Yeah, totally. My brothers were scared of me. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I mean, Jillian, I'm a triplet. So I have two brothers that are identical. And I knew that about you, but I forgot yeah. you're a triplet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then an older brother. So, so they were just like my buddies and they were just always pulling for me. And I was, you know, they're six, three, I mean, they're athletic. So I was just one of the pack. So I wasn't treated any differently. I, and I recognize now at 51 years old, like how powerful that is. Like I had such a head start on, on what, uh, uh how a man should treat you. Like I, I just, wow, you know, it's total sense. And it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Also, how a man should treat you also understanding men, mm-hmm. yes. um, you know, and understanding sort of the psychology behind that. And, um, and just a level of confidence that even if you, you know, happen to have been gay and dated a woman, like it's still sort of like that confidence in yourself. Yeah, it was re- exactly confidence in myself, confidence that I could do whatever I wanted. Cause my dad also said that too, you know? And so yeah. Um, you had a lot of, you were surrounded by a lot of healthy males. It sounds a like a lot, a lot. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's fascinating to me. Cause I think that for sure makes a huge difference. It, it, it absolutely does. And I don't think I, I, I knew it and I felt it, but I didn't actually realize it until years later. And I feel like my path has been in a lot of ways to become that for other people, to become that parent who didn't or sibling or whatever. Like to really hold the bar high and say, you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You are capable of that. And, you know, be that kind of positive, not, not in a fake way, but really genuine because that's what I had. And I know it is rare. What are, okay. So, all right. That's an amazing, I want everybody to know about your course. Taking care of you. I want to just hear a few of your non-negotiables. Like every day, this is something you need to do fills you up. Yeah, sure. So, um, I, you know, except, you know, I I don't have children, right? So, and I have a dog. So I am, uh, really lucky to be able to say I need, my mornings have to belong to me. So my mornings are kind of like my mornings and then my evenings are sort of like my sacred time. So the mornings, um, I have to meditate. I have to uh, you know, I often listen to something, you know, something that inspires me or read. It's like either, either I'm in a reading mode or an, or an auditory mode. My, and I just have to kind of go slow. It's funny. Practice for me goes a little bit later. I have a really hard time waking up and practicing. Um, I I like to train myself more into that, but I just, I kind of take my time in the morning. I, and the most creative in the morning and the mind is the most quiet and is the, in the morning. So I have like sometimes my best ideas in the morning and um, my intuition is the strongest. So I, my mornings are, are for me. I don't want like to jump on any calls or texts or anything like that. So that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, you know, a non-negotiable for me is definitely yoga or some sort of exercise, but I do take days off. You know, I listen to my body and on the days, and some days I'm just really busy and I have a choice, take an extra long walk with my dog or shorten the walk and practice yoga. And sometimes I choose to take the really long walk. Mm-hmm. 
um, because that just feels like way more peaceful to me. Um, so I'm really not, I'm, I am totally committed to my practice, but I am not a maniac about it at all. And, uh, so those are sort of like my non, those are my non-negotiable. That's really like the non-negotiable for me. I love that. And yeah. your writing, do you do your writing in the morning? I do my writing in the morning. Yes. Thank you. And my journaling and all of that, because I'm also like, you know, um, I have a super reactive nervous system. I'm super, for those who understand Ayurveda, I'm super Vata. Um, so if I wake up and hit the ground running, I'm usually like totally, um, like it messes with my adrenals later in the day. So this was something that I really had to do also just, well, it's very like strategic for me in terms of productivity, but it's also what I need for my body. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise it's just like, I get, it's like too much to Spiral. Yeah. 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 It's too crazy. Right. Um, I'm sure you can relate to on some level, right? Do you relate to that a little bit? Or Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I have, I'm a lot of Pitta. Which... Yeah, a lot of Pitta. Exactly. Yeah. And I have that too. So there yeah. is that propensity to drive and burn out, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm like you in the morning. Like I've always wished I was an early morning person. Like in my mind, I thought, okay, I'm going to start waking up early and then maybe I'll just condition myself. And I used to many years ago when I worked as a full-time PT and taught spinning and yoga, I would wake up at five and, and either teach before I would go to work. I can't imagine doing that now. So I, I have a routine ever since I've been married, my husband brings me coffee in bed and he, I like, I just take a lot, like, I like to ease into the morning. So I look out, he opens up the curtains. I just sit there and look out and I, um, I just try and like, I'm kind of blank. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not thinking, I'm not producing. I'm not like, it just, it's like, I have, it's like, I'm kind of, my engine is just low revving. And if I do that well, the rest of my day can be pretty long and pretty productive. And I have definite spikes in productivity. Um, I'm definitely not an afternoon, evening person, although sometimes I have to be, but um, usually up until about you know two or three, I try and work in terms of real brain power. But yeah, it is really, I think it's important to know what you're, like you can become something else. I could practice, you could practice getting up at 5 a.m., but I don't, I think my soul doesn't love that. <laughs> my soul likes like like a little kid waking up kind of like, oh, let me stretch out a little bit. I'm like a cat. Like, you know, let me yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. Totally. And you, I, I'm like a cat too. And I think you have to respect your rhythm. You know, also, and something that I also, you know, notice is that the work that I do, I have to be so centered and grounded and present. So the taking care of myself is not only just for me, it's literally for my clients. Because if I don't, it's not good. Yes. So it's, it's, that's another reason why it's totally non-negotiable for me. Well, I love that. And, and this is for all of those out there who are like in our position where we do work with other people and really have to kind of hold on to our own energy. Um, and it is, I've always noticed how, again, not to be... Uh, bias towards one gender or another, but I think women in particular have a really hard time in the self-care realm, um, at least feeling guilty for it, you know, and to, and it's like, no, if you are like, if you work, if you don't work, if you work with people, if you work with animals, with whatever, you have to, um, make sure that you take care of you. So I think it's really important to have those non-negotiables, especially if you're expending that energy and want to be able to. 
Well, tell people where they can find out more about you, Jillian, because I want everybody to love you as much as I do. Oh, that's so sweet. So um, you can find out about me and my membership and all and all new courses on JillianTarecki.com. And then I'm I'm very active on Instagram. You know, I I decided to make Instagram a place of just complete service and giving. So um, at Jillian Tarecki, you can find and I publish a, a lot of free videos. There's videos on there. So. I love your videos on there. Yes, I do. Actually, I saw you with my other secret love. He doesn't know it. Asher House. I don't even... Oh, Lee. Yes. He's... I love him. I want to have him on the podcast. The Please ask him to be on my podcast. I just love... I know he's busy. I know. No, no, no. I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to push him to do a podcast for sure. Yeah. Tell him to be on my oh, podcast. You want him, do you want him to be on your I want him to be on my podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll introduce you guys for sure. I would love that because... He is just, I love his spirit. And of course, I'm a huge animal lover and environmental lover and everything. And I just love what he's doing. And I love, yeah, I love his post too. So yeah, check out Jillian and um, yeah, you can hook me up with Lee. But this will also be in the show notes. So Jillian, I, and when is your book going to come out? Whenever, do you know? Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for, you know, maybe end of 2021. I'm, I, it's so funny. I started it and then I took a little break and because I really wanted to figure out what this book was about. And now I really am clear. So I'm going to use this sort of reflective COVID time where, you know, we have to kind of be inward anyway and, and get that puppy out. <laughs> All right. I'm pulling for you. I'll be the first to buy it. I promise. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me. And as always, to all of you, I'm pulling for you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.